Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura, and I'm joined in the studio by Kayla Walton, Joel Yarmish, and Trisha Schweinfurth. And before we begin, we'd like to open up with prayer. Joel? Yep. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to get together today and discuss our faith. We ask that you guide our hearts, guide our conversations, so that we can draw um, more people into your loving embrace. And we ask uh, all of our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so we're together again today. And um, the topic that we want to talk about today are parables. It's a a topic, a Mm, subject that's near and dear to my heart. Ever since I was young, uh, going to church on Sundays, I always got excited when the readings were going to be from, um, about a parable. There's so many different parables. Um, we're going to talk about several examples of parables today, but I guess just uh, off the top, a parable is kind of a short story or um, some sort of a real-life example of um, of how Jesus or Jesus would use real-life examples to uh, explain the moral teachings of the church. And instead of just um, giving a cut and dry definition of our faith and what our moral tenets are, he would then take our um, the moral teachings of the church and apply them to real life situations. So I that's always... A, by, first of all, that's a really good, good explanation. Yeah, I was, Way to go, I was listening going like, <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta take some notes here. <laughs> that was really great. Way to go. Oh yeah, yeah. thanks. Uh, yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we 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 hear every once in a while is you know i'm not necessarily catholic but i do think jesus was a really good teacher which is you know a, a, an argument that we can make for a, a different day but but like that seems to be one of the most commonly held beliefs for catholics and non-catholics is that jesus was an excellent teacher and i could not agree more with that particular mm-hmm. aspect of it jesus was excellent mm-hmm. at sharing his message of salvation and um and so that's why I guess makes sense why I love parables so much is because it was such a good opportunity to learn. It's one thing to hear what Jesus teaches and then to immediately see it in action makes it all that much more accessible mm-hmm. and made it easy to adopt. And I think it shows Christ's love for us. You know, he mm-hmm. loves us so much. He wants us to understand his life and understand the Christian life, understand the easiest way to get to heaven. And so mm-hmm. um, a way that I heard it explained in college is that parables are kind of like Christ's baby talk to us. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. when we have a baby, we like talk like on their level and <laughs> mm-hmm. make things simple and oh, little Joey, like, you know, and um Parables are God's way to like baby talk to us, to meet us where we are, because he loves us so much. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, it's also really beautiful to see two things. First of all, Christ's infinite wisdom. You know, the fact that we are 2000 years, like literally there is nothing. I can't think of one thing that has lasted for 2000 years and still made sense. You know, like our technology, right, right. That's like, you know, technology has changed. Roads have changed. Medicine has changed. Communication has changed. All of these things have changed. And yet his messages are still applicable. Mm -hmm. Like they still make sense to us. And I think also it shows his infinite love. You know, he didn't, he knew the people then were not very educated. They were illiterate. You know, they needed something. And the people today aren't very educated. (laughs) We're being a little but we're not very right. educated. Yep. <laughs> but he, he knew he knew that they needed something tangible to hold on to. Mm-hmm. He knew that they needed things to be able to remember. You know, like we can all talk about, you know, the sower and the 
the seed. Exactly. Like that took no effort. But if I were to say now prepare, you, you know, prepare our hearts and we have to be ready, all those mm-hmm. things like that takes a little bit more muscle memory. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, just looking at how much our Lord cares for us and that he's like, here are my teachings and I'm going to make them really easy for you to understand mm-hmm. and learn. And stories. Know? And mm-hmm. I love parables because they make my preaching easy. Because <laughs> whenever I'm always excited whenever I'm preparing my homily for the weekend or for a daily mass, mm-hmm. you know, when I see a parable, it's like, great, mm-hmm. half my homily is already prepared. And all I got to do is kind of say, all right, what are more, you know, how do we unpack this in mm-hmm. our own modern context? How do we see ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the what are the situations in our lives now that can mm-hmm. fit inside this parable? And what's the amazing thing, too, is that even uh, common situations of today can fit into these stories from 2000 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're very accessible, you know, who here hasn't, you know, uh, been, you know, rejected by somebody, but then, you know, forgiven, you know, about the prodigal son, Mm -hmm. who who here has not heard about, you know, where plants come from, it's a seed or, you know, these Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, stories. Um, And I, I think it is, it resonates. And I kind of agree with Joel is that the, the Lord is, you know, teaching us in a way that we understand. You know, mm-hmm. Trisha was saying, you know, the baby talk. I don't know how I feel about baby talk mm-hmm. uh, necessarily. It could just be that I, I just don't see life in that way, but I, I, I guess I've never heard it that way before. So, yeah, it's definitely an, uh, an interesting perspective. I, I do a lot of baby talking uh, at our house. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm somewhat fluent in it. So, um, I, w- I would say well, the, the other thing I like about parables uh, is it's, like I still remember vividly, we had one kid in our class. I'm not going to name names. Who, whenever something, <laughs> now I'm gonna got, start guessing. this will be the competition. <laughs> no, no. Yes, since we all, I guess I forgot we all did grow up together. But there yeah. were, the, whenever a teacher would teach anything that was somewhat complicated, the answer that, or the question that would always come from the room is, "When are we going to ever actually have to use this in oh, our real life?" Mm-hmm. And I'm sure teachers no love getting that question. Um, and and so it was just funny the the way I see these parables is like you know God. You know, says we have to. Uh, Jesus would teach something, and then one of the apostles was like, "Yeah, but when are we gonna ever actually have to use that?" And then <laughs> here's a parable of the Good Samaritan, or here's right. a parable of the Prodigal Son, whatever. And I just, I think it's just hilarious to me to to look back or think Jesus just like having this one in his back pocket, mm-hmm. ready for whenever those questions came up. And the thing is, it came from his daily experience, and I think mm-hmm. what's so beautiful is that our God became incarnate, so incarnate mm-hmm. by in our nature that He can use our daily experiences. You know, mm-hmm. and parables aren't necessarily limited to what's in scripture you know the lord can teach through through examples that we see in our life you know i'm sure you know if we talk about how we've encountered the lord we can make examples based on well there's this one time i experienced this Mm -hmm. and this is how i came to understood that i need to give more to the poor or Mm -hmm. to be more thankful for what i have Mm -hmm. or you know things like that and i i don't know i I, I really agree with Joel here. Is we could talk a long time mm-hmm. about parables, and yeah. there's just so many different ones. And I think, too, you know, just really kind of quickly going back to how much our Lord loves us, like, he he wanted us to really understand and kind of going back to that relational ship or relationship type of aspect to it. He didn't say, you know, God didn't say, here's a book of rules, mm-hmm. read this, memorize it. And I'm taking a step back. He like tried every way to get us to understand this because he knows that's, what's going to lead us to true happiness. Mm-hmm. He's not doing this because, you know, he wants to be, um, 
I mean, he's just, he's doing it to lead us to happiness. That's the Mm -hmm. bottom line. And so how beautiful is it that, you know, just like when parents are really kind of going back to the baby talk, when parents are really trying to help their child to understand something, they don't just say, you know, here it is and walk away. They want to like help to explain and help them to be able to embrace it fully and, you know, really understand everything about it. And that's what Jesus does for us, you know, is like, here's, here's what's going to lead you to happiness. And I'm not just telling you this. I'm help. I'm really educating you about about it. And where's he leading us for? He's leading us to a life for, for more. more. To be yes. alive for more. And that's what you're listening to on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to us Saturdays at 7 or Sundays at 3.30 or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And, you know, we're talking about the parables that we encounter in Scripture. And, you know, Joel's kind of started this off, so I'm passing it back to him. Yeah, no, I just wanted to piggyback on what Kayla was saying is um, it the parables, I think, serve a purpose in taking it, and this is bad for radio, from your head, I'm pointing to my head, to your heart. Because there's there's times when, and I definitely I think in Jesus' time, where there were people who were following the rules because they were the rules. Like, this is the right. set of guidelines that you yeah. read. This is your book. This is like, yeah. you're taking a test. These are the rules that you have to do X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z. Why do you have to do them? Because it's because you have to do X, Y, and Z. Because you have mm-hmm. to know them to get into heaven. Whatever, whatever the, the theory was back then. But Jesus, like, came to fulfill... The, those mm-hmm. rules and he was saying it's not just about knowing the rules it's about putting the rules into action mm-hmm. and here's why you need yeah. to put the rules into action so it was taking that faith to be a, a little one step further and to be an action as opposed to just a knowledge so i think it's time to get down to like the nitty-gritty yeah. specifics let's talk parables well yeah and i, I guess i kind of <laughs> want to talk about parables aren't cut and dry you know there's no like there's a moral to the story but there's not just one moral there's layers. There's all sorts of different ways you can unpack a parable. You know, uh, the the famous example is that you know when we talk about the the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, too often people want to put themselves in what those easy roles. Oh, I want to be the Good Samaritan, or you know, but it's unique. You can also get meaning from okay, putting yourself in the position of am I one of the priests or the Levites that are just walking mm-hmm. by. Or am I the victim? Have I been beaten up? Um, or even the innkeeper? Like, how do you think innkeeper. it felt to have you know this man dropped on your doorstep and all you someone had was a promise that they'll right, pay you back? Right? You know, like that took a lot of trust too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as you see, and just quickly unpacking that, you can see there's so many different ways to to interpret a parable. Mm-hmm. So, as we're talking about these different parables, you know, try to think of like, okay, how many layers? It's uh, you know, I don't want to say it's like an onion because I don't like onions, but it's a parfait. <laughs> a what? Anyone? You guys, <laughs> come on! A like what? a parfait is it? yogurt with fruit on top and then granola. You've seen Shrek, oh, right? Yes. Remember when he's he's like, oh goodness gracious! I don't remember it from Shrek, but I understand you what you're saying. There's a scene in Shrek, and he's talking about layers. Anyways, so and another so, parable. Well, Shrek uh, uses another. the onions, and the donkey says, "Like not onions, parfaits. Parfaits have layers." I don't layers. remember this oh, at all. For the, Crying out loud. Anyway. <laughs> so Perfect. I guess, uh, Joe, you wanted us to talk about our favorite parables or... Yeah. I think, okay. I think yeah. And in, in, I think in the discussion, we'll have a better, um, I guess, understanding of peeling back the layers of the parfaits in each parable. <laughs> so yeah. we can give a little bit of a fresher perspective <laughs> on the uh, parables uh, and the parfait aspect of them. So I... I I think it's an interesting, a uh, good segue to go to Trisha's parable. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> yes. Um, so the parable that have 
that I think has always spoke the most to me is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was studied with a little bit of theology in college, and I remember um, as one of my scripture classes, we were encouraged to pray and pick a parable, and then we had to do like an exegesis on the parable. So mm-hmm. that means look at like the word st- structure, the sentence structure, the root words, you know, the time in when it was written. And, mm-hmm. um, and I remember in really praying and like, okay, Lord, what Samar- what parable and at the time I was in nursing school and so I picked the Good Samaritan and that's the beauty of scripture, you know, like the parables are, give us an opportunity to be creative and um, relate our lives to them. And so I felt like at that time in my life, I was really praying and hoping to be formed into a good nurse. And mm. so I thought, well, maybe the Good Samaritan will help me be formed into a good nurse. Um, and so that's why I picked the Good Samaritan and what I'm going to talk about today Um but just to give you like a brief rundown of the parable of the Good Samaritan, if you aren't familiar, even though I'm sure some of us are, the parable of the Good Samaritan is about a man who um, is from Samaria. Well, we'll talk about the man who was hurt first, but um, we have to talk first about, I'm getting confused, I'm probably confusing people, the relationship between the Samaritans and the Jews. Mm-hmm. That's important to understand this mm-hmm. parable. And um, it goes all the way back into the Old Testament, but they didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jews saw Samaritans as like kind of half Jews mm-hmm. because what happened is the Assyrians attacked well, the, so this to say, Samaritans and Jews didn't like one another, yeah. and there's a history there. Story. And if you're interested, and no, if you're interested in learning awesome. more, look into it. But uh, I just want to hear Trisha's point. That's why I'm kind of helping her, and I really want to, I'm <laughs> yeah. like riveted right Nonetheless, now. Nonetheless, so um, the Good Samaritan is about a man who is beaten and laying on the road, and then we hear about how a priest notices this man, and then he walks to the other side. So he doesn't just like ignore the man. He sees the man and then he walks to the other side of the street. So it, you know, and the story emphasizes that. So like when we are, when are we the priests? When do we see somebody? And maybe the priest was rushing to like a ritual and he didn't want to get dirty or, you know, whatever it was, whatever his reason was, he saw somebody in need and he didn't just ignore them. He avoided them. Mm. Um, so like, who am I avoiding? What conflict am I avoiding in my life? Mm. Um, when am I the priest? The second is we learn about a Levite who is an expert in the law. So somebody maybe who knows what's going on, who knows Mm. the law. Um, and he also sees and not only sees, but goes to the other side. Um, and they, you know, and we can go into exegesis on like how we see the Levite in ourselves. And then the third person who sees this man is the Samaritan. So this is a man who, um, is from a different culture and they clash, but he Mm -hmm. sees him. And what really draws me into this parable or the word that I get fixated on is, uh, we read in scripture, he shows compassion. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't go to the other side, but he shows compassion. And why I love this parable is, um, we can dive into like, what is compassion? How does he show compassion? Mm-hmm. What does compassion look like? What did compassion look like, look like in this story? You know, he, he takes, he's riding on a animal. I don't know if it was a mule or a donkey mm-hmm. and he gets off of it and puts the man on his animal, on his ride. And then he walks out the long way to the inn and, um, he, he cleans his wounds with oil and wine and we can, um, learn like, you know, is that the blood of Christ? that comes from his side, like the wine that we drink in the Eucharist. And are there, are there, um, are there parallels? We can show to the Eucharist or, um, yeah. And just like what compassion looks like, 
Um, and I just, yeah, so I yeah. love learning that. And as you can see, you can go really deep into parables. I could have kept talking about Samaritans yeah. probably awesome. for a long time, but um, <laughs> not to bore you all. But yeah, so um, that's why I love the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. is I think you can come at it from so many different directions. But really for me, it's highlighted in what does compassion look like? Who in my life needs compassion? Who have I ignored or avoided mm-hmm. to show that compassion? And then also um, what I love about it is at the end, um, we read, um, about showing mercy. Jesus mm-hmm. is talking to a, the whole parable is Jesus is teaching a young lawyer about how to reach eternal who life. Who is your neighbor? Yeah, yeah. And who the question is posed, who is your neighbor? Um, and at the end, you know, Jesus teaches us and he shows mercy. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a great point. So when he asks the, the young man, like who was neighbor to the robber's victim, Mm-hmm. This shows the deep enmity between, you know, the Jews and the Samaritans. The guy couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan. He only said the one who showed him mercy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, our, there's so many layers to it. But And we're called to show everyone mercy. Yeah, you it know, doesn't and, matter where who they yeah. are, where they're from. And so you can see how parables are like that. And I guess... Um, I'd like to move on and, and sure. share my favorite parable and just a brief ex- – and I guess that's what we're doing right now, just kind of going around. Yep. and yeah. Yeah. For So sure. I guess one that's kind of resonating with me a lot right now is the parable of the good shepherd, you know. Mm-hmm. Actually, for all my mm-hmm. life, it always was confused me because, you know, in the parable of good shepherd, you know, I am the good shepherd. Uh, my sheep hear my voice. My sh- they follow me. But then he also talks about the lost sheep. You know, mm-hmm. that he would leave the 99 to go find the lost one. And it always bothered me. It's like, well, what do you do with the 99? I mean, they followed you. You mm-hmm. know, why Why do you go away from them to go find this lost sheep? I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it, it's very touching and, and, and assuring that mm-hmm. the Lord will come and find us if we ever are lost. But then I, I think about, you know, myself mm-hmm. as, you know, I'm recently been appointed pastor. And so I'm a shepherd now. And it's like, how much do I have to go after the lost mm-hmm. sheep? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do I not minister to the 99 that are coming to church or, you know, mm-hmm. it's just that all these layers. And so sometimes my point here in talking about this is that sometimes parables resonate with specific areas of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I always find the parable of the good shepherd or the parable of the lost sheep as something that's resonating with me very strongly right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess in a nutshell, that's kind of my yeah, favorite parable. And, yeah. um, and a quick, quick exegesis on that. That's awesome. I think too, you know, kind of with both of your parables, something important to remember is that a parable we, you know, Trisha has loved this parable for gosh, like 10 years now, you know, and, it, but it, I'm sure that the meaning has changed throughout the 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, like at some point in time, she might really connect with it, Like you said, you know, the victim, sometimes you might really connect with, um, the Samaritan or, you know, being an outsider, whatever it is, but how beautiful it is that the exact same words, like those words mm. have not changed. Those yeah. words have always been the same, but you know how that's still connected with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite parable is really short, but it has, again, stuck with me for years and is the parable of um, the lamp, like the, oh, the yeah, lamp yeah, in the yeah. city on a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, went to a Catholic youth summer camp as a counselor and um, for, you know, for a while it was in like all of our um 
like speeches and things mm-hmm. were in a barn. And so one night I like walked to the barn and, um, you know, right beside the tabernacles, they had a tabernacle. There was nothing but one light. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was thinking and I'm like, no matter where I look in this barn, it's like pitch black because it's, we're in the middle of nowhere. No matter where I look in this barn, like I will see that candle. Mm-hmm. And it, no matter what I try to do, my eyes are always going to be drawn to that candle. Like if I close mm-hmm. my eyes and I open them, I'm going to look at that candle. Like there's truly nothing else. And so I think that, you know, the parable talks about how, you know, you're the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be built on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, but the last sentence says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And like that, I mean, you know, like when we do good, I think so often we could either get prideful or even, you know, the opposite, like, you know, very timid about mm-hmm. it. But it's like, no, like let these good things be seen for what purpose to glorify your father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think like that is, you know, light is something that our eyes are drawn to. Our hearts are drawn to is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, reassuring. And I think that, you know, how beautiful is it that like we're called to be that Mm -hmm. not for us, not for them, but like to glorify God. Mm -hmm. So that's my favorite. And when Christ was speaking about the light, it was at a time when there was no electricity. So even more light was so important to them. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought about that parable in like terms of humility but that's mm-hmm. i mean that's yeah that's awesome yeah and so you see you can find different layers to a to a parable i suppose or but, a parfait uh, or par- yes parfaits i'm gonna yes. find that clip for all you i'm <laughs> sure you are so <laughs> yes uh so the parable that i wanted to talk about was the parable of the unmerciful servant um and it really uh it, it's pertinent to me because, uh, and we'll get into why, but, but, but the gist of this parable is um, there was a guy who owed uh, a merchant some money. He owed him about a thousand pieces of gold. And the um, person who owed the money couldn't pay it back. But he's like, he begged mercy. He said, don't throw me in jail. Be merciful, please. I'll pay you back when I can get it. So the guy he owed money to said, sure, you know what? Better yet, just don't worry about the money. You don't have to pay me back. So uh, the guy was very grateful and he walked away and he found somebody who owed him money and was just very mean about it, would not forgive the debt that the person owed him and actually had that person thrown in jail. So uh, when the original merchant found out that the person he offered forgiveness to didn't offer forgiveness, he was very upset and he threw him in jail to be tortured. And the gist of the of the parable is um, uh, basically the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, I canceled all your debt um, because you begged me to. Um, and you couldn't offer that same forgiveness to someone else. So now, you know, my forgiveness is now gone. And I just thought it was I, the person that I see myself in that one is obviously the person who ends up getting thrown in jail at the end is that God has, God <laughs> has, God has no. forgiven me so many times for all the ridiculous things, the things that I have done, um, that need forgiveness pale in comparison to the things that I won't let roll off my back. So just the. The, it just like really uh, stands out to me because hypocrisy is, is something that really like, you know, is something I'm very attuned to because I, I want to treat others the same way that God treats me. And it's very difficult to do sometimes. And that's what this parable kind of like really makes it easily visible is that how often I'm forgiven by God and how often I fail to forgive those who owe me. And what leads into this parable is the, uh, the, the popular phrase, how often should I forgive brothers and sisters seven times 77? So that's like the part that everybody knows is, you know, you forgive seven times 77. And then this is the parable that follows after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, and we've talked about, now we've only talked about four different parables, Mm -hmm. but there are literally 
you know, mm-hmm. a lot more parables. I don't know the exact number. I'm going to set a number, but I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I don't want someone to say, Father, you were wrong about this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I probably was. I'm wrong about a lot of things. But I do know that the Lord wants to teach us things. You can see how different things. Maybe you heard something. I was like, well, never. I never thought about it that way before. Or maybe it's like, oh, yeah, I did think that. Here's the thing. The Lord speaks through mm-hmm. these things. And, you know, when we hear these things, we should sit with them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where that whole idea of Lexio Divina comes in. You know, where we receive something from Scripture, we can sit and pray with it, you know, and allow the Lord and contemplate it. You know, the Lord doesn't want us to go from point to point to point like a hummingbird, but rather mm-hmm. wants us to sit with it and experience it, kind of get a, you know, get a tan from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get a tan by just going outside real fast and going back inside. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. You got to sit with it and mm-hmm. allow it to kind of soak in. Yeah. I think too, you know, really the parables are so awesome because you can really place yourself in the setting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can, I can physically see what's happening in those settings. And I think, you know, sometimes with scripture, Lexa Divine is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there are some scripture passages where it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the parables, like it is so tangible. Like mm-hmm. I can see that road. I can see the lamp. I can see the hill. I can see, you know, the jail cell. Like I can see all these things. And, you know, just ask yourself those questions. Like, you know, what are, what are you feeling as that person? What are you thinking as that person? What is, and then ultimately, like, like, what is Jesus teaching you from this? You know, that's the whole point in all of that is not just to, you know, to to read and, and to study, which is beautiful, but really say like, okay, Lord, this is a springboard. Sure. Where do you want yeah. me to jump to? What are you teaching me, Lord? And mm-hmm. then with that, how can I change my life? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this could be the pessimist in me coming out, but when I hear the parables, I typically think of the antagonist, the bad guy in the parable. Mm-hmm. And I like, that's how I process the parables. Okay. How am I like the bad guy here? Mm. Because there's a a good part. There's like a happy part of every parable. There's like this, this is what's going to happen if you do things right. Mm -hmm. But here's an example of someone who did something wrong. So that's how Mm -hmm. I, that's how I analyze the parables is, okay, how am I the Mm -hmm. bad, like, you know, the not good Samaritan? How am I like the priest? How am I like the Levite? Um, And how can I avoid being the Levite? Exactly. I think that's the most important thing is, you know, like asking yourself, what is it that I can do to be X, mm-hmm. whatever that is? You know, what is it that I can do to be the lamp? What is it that I, and not necessarily what is it that I can do, but what is it that Jesus is calling me to do? Mm-hmm. Because I think if I were to look at it and be like, oh, I was called to be that Samaritan, like, oh, that's difficult. Yeah. But, you know, what is it that tangibly Jesus is saying, do this mm-hmm. together? And ultimately, you know, we learn that life in Christ is not a checklist or is not an ethical system, mm-hmm. or rather, it's not a system of ethics. But it is a following of Jesus Christ saying, like, I will follow you, mm-hmm. even if it means I need to change. And so this is what these parables try to teach us and lead us deeper into life. But unfortunately, we have to close now. So, Kayla, would you like to close this in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we just thank you so much for the great gift of Scripture. We thank you for the gift of the love that you have shown to us through these parables. Lord, I pray that you may just bless each of us and all of our listeners with the ability to truly know and love and serve you more by learning more through these parables. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, you listen to, you've just listened to a live for more. You can catch us Saturdays at 7, Sundays at 3.30, or online on demand at com. Until next time, God bless you. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. 
Sankt till 